Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. is the last one before we take a break for the summer and I really hope that you will have an opportunity to relax and reset in August because the last few months have been pretty tough and I am myself looking forward to go and visit my family as this is a really long overdue visit. The Women in Data podcast will be back in September with some great content and also a few giveaways but for now I am joined by Lucille Ripa, analytics and data science partner at Wonderman Thompson. Having a background in statistics, Lucille has worn many hats and navigated through various industries. In this episode, Lucille details the type of projects her teams work on, as well as the skills needed in each team. She also offers career tips based on her own experience, ranging from using transferable skills to making the choice between becoming a technical expert or a manager. Hi, Lucille. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Obviously, Wonderman Thompson is such a, a big um, company, but could you start by giving us uh, some information on who they are and what they do? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Wonderman Thompson is a creative data and technology uh, agency. So, basically, it's um, it's a company, an agency made of creative people, data people. Uh, we do strategy, we do consultancy and technology at a global uh, scale. Um, we are talking about uh, 20,000 people uh, across 90 markets. That's uh, massive. That's- yeah, it's it's a very good, uh, very big uh, agency, uh, but in the UK it's much uh, smaller, uh, of course. And I work in the London office. Um, it's a consultancy agency, so uh, we've got clients like uh, Shell, BT, HSBC, Microsoft, Samsung, etc. Okay, so that that's a broad range of clients. Do you work with all these clients? I'm ex- I'm exposed to most of them. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And what are your responsibilities in the agency? So uh, I'm an analytics and data science partner uh, at Fundament Thompson UK. So um, I manage three teams, digital analytics, data science, and the CRM analytics team. Um, so what that means exactly, um, so I work in consultancy. So my role is very much to make sure that our clients are data-driven business. So it's providing them with the right tools, the right analytical tool, uh, the right analysis, the right answer to support them uh, growing their business. So it's very much like a a high-level picture of uh, what I do. Um, If I go in a little bit more detail, uh, what my responsibilities involve would be first a lot of briefing. So clients come to us with a problem or a question, and my role is to turn it into um, an analytical answer. 
what is the question, what could be the solution, what could be the output, how long it would take to develop the solution, uh, what do I need in terms of resource, what could be the methodology we apply. So quite a lot of briefing, a lot of brainstorming as well with my team members to discuss solution, to discuss methodology, to discuss tool. I review a lot of output, <laughs> of course. Um, so a lot of solution before it goes to the client. I discuss it with my teams. And I do as well quite a lot of work around uh, finding new opportunities. What could be the next project for a client? Um, doing uh, analytical capability audit, assessing the maturity, analytical maturity of our clients to come to them with a recommendation of what they could do next, uh, building list of ideas, etc. Okay, this is really interesting, but I'm a bit confused. So, you know, depending on where you are, what type of companies you work with, job titles can be quite different. Um, and this is the first time that I come across a job title that is analytics and data science partner. Would you, so with the description you just gave, that does look a bit like head of data analytics and data science or director would you do would you think that's um, a similar role or yeah so i've been a head of analytics i've been a director of analytics in previous companies now i'm a partner <laughs> so it's more or less the same so um in a nutshell basically um i'm in charge of analytics and data science okay do you have an example of projects you've worked on or your team has worked on yeah, sure. So um, I'd like to um, probably give you, develop a little bit uh, this answer because uh, I think I'm lucky to have uh, three teams and then we've got quite a large range of projects and work you can do in analytics and data science these days. Uh, so I'd like to develop it a, a little bit. So we do a wide range of projects and it's always around data. It's a mix of client work and internal initiative. So if I start with maybe digital analytics, so what is digital analytics? You analyze user behavior on a website, mobile site, mobile application. Um, the tool you can use when you do digital analytics would be Adobe Analytics, uh, Google 360. What you really want to understand, it's the content people engage with in the web, their online behavior, their performance, potentially performance of digital channel, uh, you want to track a marketing campaign, you want to optimize it or do digital attribution. So, for example, uh, we recently did uh, an audit of a website uh, before a relaunch and uh, the idea was to understand the strengths and the weaknesses of a digital asset. So this is very much what we do in my uh, digital analytics team. What we do, for example, with my data science team is quite different. Uh, again, it's uh, always around analyzing data, but it would be um, around automation as well, uh, creating AI product or application. And by nature, the data are uh, quite different when you work in, um, in data science. So you can have structured data, like a structured database, a transaction, let's say customer transaction, 
but uh, in the world of data science, you touch as well unstructured data. That means text, images, audio recording. So um, the skills and the tool you would use in a data science team and in, in the team uh, in the Wonderman Thompson data science team are quite different. Um, it would involve uh, front-end uh, development, back-end development, uh, cloud architecture, DevOps, and uh, the tools are, for example, for the front-end development could be Angular, HTML, D3, uh, you would code in Python, uh, you would work on GCP or Azure platform. So you see it's, it's still um, working on data, but it's very different approach, very different data, very different um, tools. Uh, in data science, uh, it's, it covers, of course, uh, strong analytics, machine learning, deep learning. And in my team specifically, we do a lot of uh, text analysis. So, for example, we would uh, analyze uh, articles, the um, articles you can find online, the body of the articles, or tweets from Twitter, or brand review. And uh, at the back of it, we do, for example, uh, language frequency analysis, uh, keywords extraction, sentiment. Uh, so sentiment, it would be positive, negative, or neutral, or even emotion when you go to the next level, uh, happiness, anger, etc. or thematic analysis, extracting the, the, the themes uh, from a variety of articles. Uh, we do image classification as well, uh, sound classification like speech uh, to text, for example, for call centers, you can analyze the recording of call centers, turn it into text and analyze the text. So very different approach. And the, the third part of what we do at Wonderman Thompson in terms of analyzing the data is um, CRM analytics. And uh, I would call it um, more classic analysis from reporting, dashboarding to advanced analysis and uh, modeling. You can do dashboarding, reporting, uh, basically BI with Excel, Power BI, Tableau, and SQL for that data manipulation. For example, uh, building a suite of self-serve dashboard for a client to give a holistic view of uh, campaign performance, for example, let's say for BT. And you can do advanced analytics as well, uh, where you build a predictive modeling, like churn analysis, building a repurchase model uh, for a client in the car industry. So for example, what is the likelihood of an existing customer to repurchase uh, a car at customer level? So you would develop model like uh, logistic regression, random forest. Uh, you would build personas at the back of it to bring it to life. And you could develop it in R and uh, Python. So it's always the same um, setup. You've got data, you've got tools to analyze it, and uh, uh, you've got output. But based on um, the, the type of data you've got and the tool you use, it's, I would say it's quite a different uh, role. Yeah, it does sound different, and you, you're right. So you mentioned earlier that you have three teams that have a broad uh, range of skills, and it's very interesting to see the demarcations between the three teams and what kind of projects they they work on. It, it feels like all your teams are having good fun playing with data. But Lucille, you, you've worked in various industries, and 
you change from um, finance to agencies to, to many, many industries. Um, what would you say the, the differences are and what are the similarities? Uh, yes, <laughs> I've been exposed to uh, quite a lot of industries. Uh, so I, I did start uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> quite a long time ago, um, in the finance industry. So um, I work in a startup that was doing uh, statistical arbitrage. Uh, so I was like uh, a quant. Uh, for example, I was analyzing uh, the interaction between commodities price and inflation, the likelihood for a merger acquisition to be successful. So it was very much uh, finance related. Uh, then I moved to a new position and it was actually in insurance, <laughs> so different. It was for a remortgage company, I was building credit risk model and then I moved again and I work in marketing consultancy. Um, so I've been exposed to clients doing their CRM, so uh, customer relationship management, so customer data uh, for clients like uh, eBay, Sainsbury, Mazda, uh, Uber, BT, Shell, Samsung, so you see oil and gas, uh, car industry, retail. So uh, I've been exposed to uh, quite a lot of different industries. But to be honest, uh, I would say that the tool and the methodology are transferable from one industry uh, to another. The data are different. You need to, of course, understand the specificities of the industry you work in. The legislation could be different. The products are different. You've got specificities, of course. It's, it's not the same. Uh, but um, as an analyst, you've got a lot of transferable uh, knowledge. And uh, I've been using my uh, statistical skills all over my career, uh, whatever the industry I was working on uh, was. And Basically, to your question, um, I think I know where it comes from because um, in most of a job offer, you can see X years of experience needed in this industry. Uh, for me, it does not make real sense in analytics to have such a thing mentioned in a, in a job offer because the knowledge is transferable. And even more, I would say what you learn from when you work in a specific industry, can actually be applied in a new environment as a new thing, new ideas, thinking outside of the box. So it's even a, a big plus for me, someone that has been exposed to different companies, different agencies, different industries. Uh, that means that this person could come to me with, uh, oh, by the way, I know we could do that differently. You can challenge uh, how things are done. Uh, you can open new doors. You've got new perspective. So uh, for me, it's, I don't see the, the need of asking someone that would apply to uh, an agency like uh, Wonderman Thompson and ask this person to have 10 years of experience in media agency. It would not make sense to, to have such a limitation in, the, in a job offer. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because you, you're right. So the skills are transferable and you did mention that you need to know about uh, the specificities of the industries, but even that it's something that you can pick up as you go while knowing how to code and knowing statistics methodologies, um, knowing how to waggle data, basically it's a skill that you will need everywhere. And um, 
it's much harder to pick than um, no, uh, industry knowledge, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. You, you did say that, okay, um, having X years of experience on the job offer is not um, ideal for you. But as a candidate, so let, let's imagine a candidate is working in, I don't know, insurance and wants to go into media or whatever. This is just an example. How would you go about in the interview or in the interview process uh, showing how so proving that your skills are transferable. But listen, when you go to um, uh, an interview, you need, you need to do your research. Uh, you need to prep for it. So even if you don't have uh, specific skills that match exactly this uh, industry, you need to do your research and demonstrate uh, to the interviewer uh, that basically you did this research. Um, because there is a minimum that would be expected from you. For example, I've been interviewing uh, candidates for Wonderman Thompson analyst. And uh, when I was explaining, uh, so we do uh, CRM, uh, so customer relationship management, we analyze customer data. Um, and if you ask the candidate, do you know what CRM means? I would expect the candidate to know that from previous research, even if they come from a completely different uh, industry and they never touch customer data. So you, the, the interviewer would expect you to know a minimum about it, but then you need to demonstrate that maybe you don't have all the answer. Maybe you're not an expert in, for example, being, building a control group for customer, yeah. but you, you know what a statistical test is. You've got common sense. Uh, you've got other tools that could answer this question. Okay, thank you. That that makes sense. So, staying on the side of a candidate, <laughs> um, so you've been on the managerial side for several years now. Um, do you have any advice on, uh, for someone who would like to progress in their career and going from maybe analyst to manager? Yeah. So this one is an interesting one <laughs> uh, because um, I feel there is always a time in your career in analytics when you've got the feeling you need to make a choice between becoming very technical, becoming a super expert in a specific area or becoming a manager and uh, moving from hands-on work, I would say. It's like you've got two paths in front of you and uh, some people really like the hands-on work and uh, don't want to go to basically not do it any longer so uh, it's a completely relevant question you need to ask you at some point in, in your career and i've been uh, through it actually and specifically in middle when you reach middle management uh, inside manage uh, manager role let's say it is very challenging because you need to do both uh, you need to manage people, but at the same time, you still need to be hands-on and you need to do both at the same time, which is start to be quite difficult. So you will have to make this choice at some point if you want to progress in your organization and really thinking about it. But I think you will have to, if you become a manager, you will have to give up on some aspect of your job. It's a compromise you need, uh, you need to make because first, um, you know, nowadays technology moves very fast. 
And uh, this is what is exciting in um, our industry, right? When I joined 20 years ago, it was not the same tool. It was not uh, the same data. Big data was not that much a big thing, for example. Um, so it's very exciting to be in, in, in this type of industry when you constantly need to learn. But at some point, you cannot master all skill sets. And it is difficult, it is very challenging. So uh, for example, uh, do I know how to code in Python? Uh, no, I don't. And I've got people in my team that are expert in that. So I reached a point in my career when I was opening the code of my analyst and I was not able to read it or QA it. Uh, when, when, I, when I was an insight manager, I, I was an expert in, in, in SaaS and I was fully able to assess the quality of their codes. Uh, but you've seen all the um, tools my team are using. It's not realistic to assume that I can master all these languages and all these tools. So, of course, that does not mean that when you reach a certain seniority, you don't self-train and uh, you just leave it as it is. No, it's, it would be a, a big mistake. You really need to keep learning. Um, I've got plenty of uh, machine learning books <laughs> at home uh, and I read it. Um, so it's, it's very much you to, to keep with the learning, but assuming that I can do hardcore Python code on my free time would not be realistic. I would not apply it in real life in my job. I, I don't have time to code. So, so basically, you, you, you need to delegate the detail and the development of some aspect um, of your job to uh, people in your team. And this is why you've got an insight manager or a direct report that can do it. But you need to be able to understand things in a level of detail that is good enough for you to add value, of course. Yeah, what you're saying is very, very interesting. So there, there are two things that I find absolutely great. So the fact that at some point in your career, you're going to have to make a choice between going technical or being um, a manager. And I, I think because you did mention, um, so when you're just starting uh, managing, you have to do both jobs. It, it does feel like you need to have all the knowledge to be able to do both jobs. And I feel, well, I don't know for everybody, but I do feel like I'm definitely taking this with me, um, with the, oh my God, I need to know everything. I need to know how to code Python. So I'm, I code SAS and R, but obviously um, everybody's talking about Python now. So I, I do have this thing, oh my God, I need to be hands-on Python. I need to know how to create dashboard with tableaus, but also being able to, to manage people and it can be quite overwhelming so what you're saying right now is you will need to make a choice between what directions um, to go towards and based on that yes you will have to maintain some skills from the other direction but it should not be the priority I think it's um, from the moment you know R, SAS. So in my case, I, I learned C++, MATLAB. I know SQL, SAS, a little bit of R. So all this knowledge you've got will help you understanding high level a new language. So I, I would not be too too worried about that but when you move to a management uh, level you will have to learn other skills that are not 
technical skills. It will be soft skills, how to manage a team, how to delegate, and you will have more responsibility, how to talk to a client. So you will have any way to learn new skills, and it is still very exciting. But uh, you will have to do a little bit uh, of a switch um, in, in using your um, new skills and learning new skills as well. Yeah, okay. And the last tip section for, for today is um, speaking in meetings. So that, that works also with um, getting promoted. So th there is this thing where um, you have to make yourself visible and speaking in meetings is very important. But not everybody um, is able to do it very easily, especially for introverts, I guess. Uh, do you have any tips on that? So I think it's, a, it's a quite a tricky question, right? Analysts have a tendency to be a little bit shy. People that join meetings and don't talk much. And uh, I've been this analyst that is very quiet in the room. <laughs> I think it resonates quite a lot with uh, a lot of us, I would say. But I think it is a mistake to be uh, quiet, not to have the, the soft skills as an analyst to know how to present your work. Uh, I think you really need to force you to present your own analysis to a client, to your manager, to your manager, manager. It's the skills that need to be uh, developed because you have to remember that you are the expert in the room. You don't want to delegate uh, the presentation of your work to someone else that would do it poorly because they don't know all the, um, the, the detail uh, about you, your work. And it is really frustrating when someone else presents your work instead of you and you are in the room and you are just listening to what has been done by you, basically. So uh, I think, uh, and this is what, we try to do uh, in my team, it's very much encouraging people and um, from junior uh, analysts to present their work and develop soft skills to do it. So uh, of course that means that in most cases, you need to simplify your, your language. Uh, you don't want to present everything you've been doing during your analysis. So when you do a piece of analysis, uh, if you do 80% of data cleansing, outlier re removal, um, variance analysis, correlation, all that, th this is not what you want to spend 80% of your time explaining. People are not interested into that. You've done it, that's fine, but people want to hear about the output, uh, what you've done, etc. So you need to simplify your language based on, on, on the audience, uh, but most of the time you need to uh, go to the output, remove the complex layout of uh, what, has, what has been done, uh, specifically in front of client often, or your manager, man, manager. So you really need to force yourself, even if it's frustrating, to really jump to the output, for example, of a model. And you need to learn how to manage meeting. You need to learn um, how to structure your language. You need to learn how to build slide, how to answer question. And it's difficult sometimes to answer question on the fly when people jump on you and say, uh, what, what should be next? And then you're like, oh, I haven't thought about it, um, but uh, you really need to force yourself. And, and a, a good way to learn it, it's by um, listening to people. Look at your manager. 
how does uh, he or she manage it, you can learn a lot by reflecting back on how people uh, manage it. Uh, you can do run through as well uh, with your uh, peers. Um, okay, I've got a big meeting. I'm not comfortable. Do you mind if we take 20 minutes and uh, uh, I, I play it to you and uh, you give me your feedback? Um, you can as well challenge yourself. Okay, uh, I've been silent for 10 minutes. I really need to say something or people will never remember I was adding value in this meeting. And... Um, you can, you can uh, try to have an, someone supporting you in the meeting. You can go to your manager and be honest and say, could you please support me and, uh, you know, make sure I can talk. And your manager will be on board with that and asking for your opinion and uh, try to encourage you as well or rephrase what you, what you said uh, to make your point stronger. So there are a lot of little things you can implement, uh, but I think it's very important for analysts to be able to present their work and uh, to be uh, vocal uh, in meetings. When you are saying uh, that we should not let uh, someone else present our work, I was smiling because I was having this exact same conversation with the, the head of account management today. Uh, and she was telling me, Karen, you need to fight to present your work because it's very easy, you know, sometimes, especially when you work in a agency style setting or in an agency and so I don't work for an agency but it's still the same kind of setting so you have the sales account managers and the analysts so it's it's very easy to just say oh sales people know how to talk to their clients and and know what kind of words to use so they're going to do the presentation um so it, it's really funny that I'm having this conversation twice in in one day <laughs> I'm sure it is a conversation a lot of analysts are having. <laughs> yeah, something to take away. <laughs> Thank you, Lucille, for your very insightful tips and for sharing your, your career with us. Thank you very much, Karen. It has been a pleasure uh, to have this chat with you. Thank you very much for the invite. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. If you would like to register to the community, all you need to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. It's free and easy. Please feel free to share the link with anyone you think would benefit from being part of the community. You can also follow us on social media, so LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. We would love to hear from you and have some feedback that will help us enhance the content and bring the guests you want to hear from. Have a great day.